You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's NBA trade deadline day. We've been hearing about it the last few days. The Charlotte Hornets, they've been in the talks with the Memphis Grizzlies. We've been mentioned in rumors with other guys. A Bradley Beal popped up at the beginning. We heard about possibly some other stars. Kevin Love rumblings. Andre Drummond rumblings. We heard some stars that Charlotte actually inquired about. Harrison Barnes, the Charlotte Hornets actually inquired about, but got beat by the Sacramento Kings. But as as we end here today, the Charlotte Hornets did absolutely effing nothing. Not Those are your 2018-2019 Charlotte Hornets at the deadline. Gasol goes to the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Arms race that you have up at the top. And the Hornets, we buy out Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, that's it. Like, literally, this is like the crappy T-shirt you get at the... Like, it's the crappy T-shirt. <laughs> it's the one that they throw into the stands, and it's really this piece of piece, and then you throw it away. Exactly. Like, absolutely. So, Marcus All, the guy that everybody had their eyes on, Sham Sharania, two days ago, 6 o'clock, right before they're about to play the L.A. Clippers. We're all at the Spectrum Center. Some of us are watching it at our homes on sitting comfortably, thinking that this is not going to be the same Hornets team once the trade deadline comes at 3 p.m. on February 7th. We go through a couple of days. They're just working out some bridges. You know, they're trying to gap the bridges, is what Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like something was going to get done. There was somewhat of a lull where... Maybe there was some pessimism. There was some skepticism reported by Sean Devaney. But then we got through that. They, We were going to get it done. And then you see Adrian Wojnarowski tweet out that the Toronto Raptors traded DeLon Wright, C.J. Miles, and Jonas Valanciunas to get Marcus Gasol. And we'll get all into that, try to break it down. We'll get into a lot of the other trades that happen, but just how it affects the Charlotte Hornets and how what I think – Certainly was a chain of events that led to the Charlotte Hornets not being able to get Mark Gasol on this roster. It is disappointing, and there's some things that aren't necessarily awful with what Mitch Kupchak did, sticking tight, and I understand some of that. But we'll get to all of that today here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can check us all out on Twitter, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, Doug Branson, at Doug Branson, LOH. He won't get his coveted Omri Caspi, and you can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Lockdown Hornets. Not, I'm going to let you unload. I'm going to let you do what you need to do. I'm going to give you the mic. You have the platform to spew whatever you need to spew right now. So you mean to tell me that this team, which was in need of a guy that could at least score 15 and seven on a on a night, score 15, rebound at least seven, eight, nine, ten boards a night. So you mean to tell me that a guy like that, you're haggling over a first-round pick protection? Or at least that's what it sounds like. Like, they're haggling over that. And I don't get it. I I, I want to get it. I understand <laughs> that maybe you don't want to deal some of the youth. Like, I, again, I understand putting the line down at the youth. I understand that. But first-round picks? Like really, a first round pick in a fort, like maybe a fourteen guy draft this year. So with those guys being traded, just trying to yeah. analyze what Toronto gave up. 
So I was extremely shocked to see that DeLon Wright is actually 10 days older than Jonas Valanciunas. Exactly. Because everybody is going out there and discussing how much they like Wright. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm fine with DeLon Wright. But he's on an expiring deal, and it's not like you're saving all that much money. It's just two and a half that he's making. So the guy is older, so it's not like it's the young asset. At least you get a young piece in DeLon Wright. And even if he was, it, which it's a fine age, 26 yeah. is. He's about to go to 27. Okay, fine. It's not like you're keeping him on that money because it is an expiring deal. So you throw that out. Then you get Jonas Valanciunas. He's making $17 million. He's a average, maybe even good player. Like He's, pro- he's a he's good player. Decent. I like Jonas Valanciunas just fine. And it's not, the, it's not the five that you would rather have in today's NBA. It's not exactly a guy that you can depend on from three. He's not the best passer in the world. I think he can pass out the post and you know whatever. He's not as good as passer in Marcus All. We can agree he's on that. He's slightly evolved. Billy Hernan Gomez. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> and like, I'm not here to clown on Jonas, but the Grizzlies show that they are not intending to go all out, go all out to win this season, right? So they yeah. get Jonas Valanciunas. He's on for the books for 17 million. He's got a player option. I we all assume that. I, th- I think he he opts in. Yeah, I mean he opts in at 17 mil. It, it's not like he's crazy overvalued at that contract. Yeah. I mean it's it's whatever. And you get C.J. Miles at eight and a half, who's absolutely useless this season. Yes, exactly. But you could probably flip him in another year. So that's the only thing that makes sense. Is that why Grizzlies would do this? And I saw Bobby Marks do this on their trade deadline special, and he had the same. They had the same exact hesitations for the Grizzlies about this as I do. So I understand that maybe you could flip Valanciunas. I understand that the expirings, they do have some value in the NBA, but a Marcus All expiring contract, would would you like that for a playoff run mm-hmm. next season? You know, and if they're going to hold on to Mike Conley, they didn't get a deal done. I like, by the way, how the Grizzlies said, hey, we're just going to hold on to Mike Conley. Well, of course, now you have to. You only have 30 minutes left. Exactly. So. Like, you didn't have any other choice. And instead of, uh, I guess, I, like I said, I'm like befuddled. I'm annoyed by this entire entire <laughs> process because people are saying, don't worry, the Hornets are making the playoffs. Don't worry, the Hornets are making the playoffs. Are we sure? Here's and I think that's a fine question. In fact, that's probably a good question because I think we both would tend to agree they're going to make the playoffs. Yes. But it is not a hundred percent certain. So and if I, I get you on that, and so they I, I understand that question. But with the I'm just still trying to question the value that the Grizzlies get. And so what that means, right? Like that what that means is that Charlotte, they couldn't have been willing to part with a first round pick. And then that's where we are with Mitch Kupchak. If he wasn't willing to part with a first round pick, or if you make that pick lottery protected, that's still a better asset than whatever you got here with the Toronto Raptors. Exactly. From what the Raptors gave you, it's certainly better than anything with what the Grizzlies are intending to do. And so if you give a Bismack Biombo trying to get the salary filler. If you give up a Jeremy Lamb who is expiring and you give up that protected first round pick, that's something I would have made. And the first round pick, I think, is the best asset out of all of that. I think it's the best out of all that. And so if he didn't do that, then I disagree. Now, the things that I'm not, I don't, like, it's not the worst thing in the world that the Hornets have done. I had a problem with, it's not like some of the bad Rich Chose deals, like trading for Miles Plumley. Like, it's not anything like that where I'm angry that he didn't pull the trigger on something. I do value Mitch Kupchak. So at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, the Hornets still hold on to their first round pick, and they're going to be picking around 16, something like that, at least we yeah. think, right? So at the end of the day, the Hornets still have that in their hands, and that is valuable. 
I also, as you agree, Nada, we've talked about it before, we both value Mitch Kupchak's ability to evaluate talent late in the draft. He has shown that he is good at that. So at the end of the day, that is something that the Charlotte Hornets still have in their possession, and I'm cool with that. But I would have liked to have pulled that trigger, not with Monk, not Bridges. You still have those guys as well, so that's also a positive coming away from the deadline. Mm -hmm. But I would have made that deal. I would have given him a protected first-round pick. I would have given him the MKG and the Biombo or the Lamb and the Biombo. I I would have done that and tried to get off of some money while bringing in a second legitimate star for, you would think, a couple more years, at least a year and a half, to put alongside Kimba, who you have every intention of re-signing. Or uh, intention of re-signing, you better hope he re-signs. Because, as I've said before, what incentive have you now given him to stay? What incentive? Yeah, I, and like, where is it? It, it? You're you're relying on Kimba's love for the city of Charlotte. Exactly. And we can believe it. We cannot believe it. We've had this discussion quite a bit. I think we're inclined to believe Kimba Walker, but also I don't think anybody would be shocked if Kimba sees a team that has put something together that looks like they can contend and they just so happen to have the missing piece that is Kimba Walker body shaped. And so if Kimba wants to go there for the right price and doesn't care about making more money here in Charlotte, yeah, that's absolutely absolutely on the table here. So you could absolutely see Kimba deciding to go to another team. And then you look at this roster. The one thing about this is why I thought a trade was going to happen because how are you going to make a significant change to this roster next season? Maybe you can in the off season, but no, nope. like you have the get? draft and that's it before you can prove to Kimba. Hey, we really are trying to, we really are about getting you some help. And that's like you make the playoffs and in and then in the draft, you nail something or you make a trade to get somebody in here, a second star, what have you. Right now, you have neither. All right. Neither guaranteed. No, no, you're right. Absolutely not. We've got some more to digest here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. It's the trade deadline special of the LOH podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed, and we need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Join us at patreon.com slash LOH. There's still a lot to get to, a lot of Charlotte Hornets space stuff too as well. So stick around with us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about Jim or Jay Laranaga and James Borrego. Should get the first name. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James, but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay too. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Just some house cleaning on some stuff. Just kind of reading tweets as I scroll along my timeline here. You know, Adrian Wojnarowski tweets out, Detroit will be among the most aggressive teams in trying to sign guard Wayne Ellington in the buyout market. The only thing that means to me, it does have a Hornets connection, is that the Pistons are still going after it. So there were talks about whether they were going to just blow it all up and try again. So they hold on to Blake Griffin, despite inquiries about from other teams about Andre Drummond or them just shopping Andre Drummond. They're going to hold on to Andre. So that's a roster that you have to try to make the playoffs with. And now with the Charlotte Hornets not doing anything at the deadline and still being within reach of Detroit if they get hot, 
and they're trying to go win basketball games. You just heard Woj saying that they're going to be as aggressive as anybody in the buyout market for Wayne Ellington. Now, we did get some reports that the Hornets are going to try to maybe make a move in the buyout market. They do have an open roster spot. Two. They bought out Frank Kaminsky, so now they have two, and Frank is a guy that was not at all in the rotation anyway, and maybe we can save the Frank legacy for a different show. We can talk about that after the deadline. But it goes to show you that the Hornets didn't do a whole lot to secure their spot in the playoffs, which is what a Marcus All addition would have done. Yes, exactly. You would have at least guaranteed you'd make the playoffs. Now, you're a Cody Zeller injury, which is still very likely. You're an injury and Detroit getting hot away from being on the hot seat for the playoffs and then absolutely losing Kemba Walker. I want to play the what-if game for a little bit because we had some crazy stuff go towards the top of the East in the last couple of days. We got a Tobias Harris trade right after he hits Mm -hmm. the game winner against the Charlotte Hornets. 76ers, they gave up a lot. I think I heard Brian Windhorst say on the jump the other day that it might have been the single most important asset. Did he say all the NBA? I mean, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, the 2021 unprotected pick. Yeah, I agree with that too. I I think he might have said that was the single most important asset. 2021 unprotected first-round pick from the Miami Heat. So they sent a lot, and others, by the way, Mm -hmm. and even Landry Shamit, which is kind of an interesting throw-in. I feel like you could probably get Tobias without the Landry Shamit throw-in, which could have been useful. So anyways, Philly gives up a lot, but regardless, that's a team that has the best starting five of anybody outside of a Golden State Warriors team. But maybe just for 24 hours, because then the Bucks get in on the deal. And Nada, I wonder... If Marcus Saul is a Charlotte Hornet, if the Milwaukee Bucks don't trade for Nikola Meritich, because as soon as the 76ers trade for Tobias Harris, that puts everybody on notice. Mm-hmm. Now you have to, okay, Danny Ainge running around, Yajiri running around, Horst running around. What do we have to do to secure our lineup and make sure that we are as least as less vulnerable as possible. The Bucks do a phenomenal trade. Like yeah. that's money, man. You get rid of a couple of second round picks. You flip Stanley Johnson, who might have helped you defensively, but whatever. We're getting Miritich, so here you go. And now you can play small ball. If they do try, to, I saw you agree with this with Matt on Twitter that if they do try to go play Brooke Lopez off the floor, now you can put Miritich and Giannis at the five in the front court. They, they, I mean, that's a great trade for Milwaukee. Like, Walker, here's the thing. Milwaukee just became the, we can give it to you however you want it. Right. You want to play big boy ball? Okay, f- cool. We're going to put, Brooke, we're going to park Brooke out there. They got space for days. I, I love that team. And I, and I knew, we talked about it, Not a, we're, we both knew we were going to love that team with Boots there. I mean, that yeah. was going to happen. Jason Kidd was an awful head coach. Boots comes in. They do secure some of the roster spots, but that team is clicking on all cylinders. They're they're extremely scary. They're awesome. But so the 76ers do something. The Bucks do something. And right after the Bucks trade, we get about, I think, a 30 minute buffer, maybe yep. even less. And than the that. Raptors. And now the Raptors are probably like, remember, they inquired about Marc Gasol anyway, and they wanted to get a Conley and Gasol package deal. And so they go back to the well to try to get Gasol after the Bucks make a move and after the 76ers make a move. So, Nada, I wonder if Gasol is a Charlotte Hornet if the Bucks don't find a way to get Miritich on their roster. No, I think he still was. I th- Because, you again, you saw the Bucks, you saw the Raptors both battling each other for who was going to get that top spot, who was going to get the easier of the matchups in that first round. I think that this was going to happen anyway. I'm just more mad that Mitch fumbled the bag. And we got to be honest with that. Mitch fumbled the bag, not only with Gasol, 
but also with a Harrison Barnes, which probably was going to involve either MKG or Nick Batum. So let's talk about that. The Sacramento Kings, they gave up Zach Randolph, who the Mavericks, I think, are going to eventually buy out and they let are. him hit the free agency market. And they got Justin Jackson, which is, I, I think, a fine piece. I think okay. it's going to be a guy that's a 3 and D guy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's his ceiling, is a useful 3 and D player in this league. And I think Zach, Zach Lowe put him on like 10 things he likes, like Justin Jackson was yeah. improving. 3 and D, value. Valuable. valuable as hell in the NBA, so fine. That's a fine piece. Like, I saw that report that the Hornets got outbid. It's not a big haul that they took in from the Sacramento exactly. Kings. So you think maybe the Hornets could have answered that. But, you know, okay. Like, I, I wasn't angry, right? Like, I liked Mitch Kupchak sticking to his guns on that one. It's just frustrating. You could have got a Harrison Barnes. He did have one more uh, year left on his deal. So it would have been interesting what you would have sent out in return to get Harrison Barnes. But you looked at Harrison. And then I think the biggest thing we asked was, oh, okay, like, they're trying to get Gasol and Harrison? Yeah, because were they trying to do yeah. both? I think they were t- trying to do both. Like, and that's the thing. I applaud, I applaud the ambition. I see the vision. You can't fumble the bag as bad as they did. Especially the thing that makes this a little bit harder to swallow, because it would have been a better basketball team with Harrison Barnes and Marcus Gasol on this roster. And so if you look at both of those guys coming in and see and think of the price that it took to get those guys. Mitch Kupchak wasn't willing to answer it, and it didn't seem like it was all that big of a price to answer from the other two and that's teams. And that's, that's the thing that bugs me. Like, literally, the price was uber low. So low. Man, Gasol's value, how crazy is that? Like, we called the bluff for Memphis. I think everybody, I mm-hmm. think a lot of Hornets Twitter, honestly, I think Hornets Twitter did a pretty decent job with this. Like, we were saying, okay, not give up Malik Monk. Miles Bridges is untouchable. You know, mid first. Like, I was proud of Hornets Twitter. I felt like everybody was pretty on the right track and in like-minded thinking on that. Yeah. And yet, still, the prices were extremely low. Like, even Gasol's return, it... The thing is, Memphis had to trade him, right? Yeah. Like, Memphis had to trade him because what value does he have after the deadline? You know, especially if you're not trying to be a good football. Because he's going to opt out. Especially, yeah. Especially if you're not trying to be a good team and go for it. But that, like, yeah, I. Man, the Miritich thing still. Like, Miritich was super low, too. He was low. Like, that's the thing. Like, the only. We talk about this. And when you see that it's Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, and four second rounders. Like, that's what bugs me the most about this. Anything that goes on with this is that a lot of these prices were super low. Stuff that you guys, stuff that the Hornets could have matched if they wanted to, if they were being serious. And it goes back to what I, I'm going to keep saying. You're relying on the kindness of Kemba, the kindness and loyalty of Kemba Walker and the fact that Detroit will not get their you-know-what together by the time... April, May rolls around and they haven't caught up. So now what looks like promising things going on. I mean, we've we have had a turn here as far as the outlook for the Hornets. Just here's where we are, Nana. So it looked like we were going to get Marcus all. Yes. It looked like we were going to get a legitimate second guy behind Kimba. Mm-hmm. And then that would have solidified a spot in the playoffs. I don't think anybody doubts that. Indiana, they had won a few games in a row, but they certainly weren't going to be a team that was fantastic without Victor Oladipo. Nine games is a lot. Yeah, for the exactly. Hornets. it's too much. It's too much for them to ever catch the Pacers. But 
if you wanted to put that under the umbrella, then okay, I, I wouldn't blame you. So you had that. Mm-hmm. The Pistons, you know, maybe they were trading, maybe they were selling. It just looked like a lot of teams were going to put themselves out of the race with Charlotte, and Charlotte was going to solidify that playoff spot and maybe even move up. But now here's where we are. Yeah. So Orlando's still trying to go for it. I don't think you have a whole lot of faith in them, but they're trying to go for it. They yes. didn't trade Terrence Ross to mm-hmm. Philly. They traded Jonathan Simmons. They traded some picks, and they got back Markel Fultz. So it's not like the absence of Jonathan Simmons takes them out of this playoff race. So they traded they they traded Jonathan Simmons, so they, they're still in it per se. The yes. Pistons are still in it. They're going to be aggressive in the buyout market with already Blake Griffin, who can get hot and get that team going. Certainly, it's not inconceivable. The Wizards and the newly acquired Bobby Portis, who <laughs> probably is looking forward to playing this team three more times, I might add. The Wizards are the one team that may have still brought bought themselves out of this because they trade Markeef, but also not of the Nets get Karis LeVert back. Yeah. And we're not catching them. And they're going to get Spencer Dinwiddie back sometime soon. It's going to be, I believe, in the next week or two when mm-hmm. they get Spencer Dinwiddie back. They have a guy that's an all-star and D'Angelo Russell giving you all-star type of play. So after all of these good things looked like it was happening surrounding the Charlotte Hornets and the Hornets were going to get better themselves, now it's quite the different story. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings right now. <laughs> we are currently two games up on the Pistons. The Hornets are four and a half games up on the Wizards, and they are no, they're four and a half games up on the Magic as well. So you're looking at a four and a half game, like second half of the year. I can see that being made up with yeah, one like, of these teams, if not two. Like this isn't good. This ain't it, guys. All right, we're yeah, it, and again. I don't think either one of us, we're, we're putting the possibility out there and just where things were headed, right? Oh, no, like, I'm putting the eventual inevitability. <laughs> you're you're going to say I that I don't the Orlando, like that second half of the schedule. So, Orlando, I will say this. You're all right about that. Looking at the schedule, I think that the Hornets have a fine to better than fine February, and then after that, I think they're done. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I mean, maybe not done, but I think that it's going to be a really tough schedule for them. Yeah, the like, we agree there. So, a good February, and then after that, we'll see. But again, other teams starting to look a little bit better than maybe we previously anticipated. And the Pacers getting Wesley Matthews on the buyout market, by the way. Wojnarowski tweeting that. So again, we got some news going on in the Eastern Conference, and not too many of these being good news things for the Charlotte Hornets. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back to you with more here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire they just time. Have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And <laughs> you so just you put just them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. So again, no trade made for the Charlotte Hornets. They did buy out Frank Kaminsky. Yep. So Frank was a guy that wasn't getting any kind of minutes at all. It's the only move that they've made so far. We'll see exactly how interested other guys are in the Charlotte Hornets as they try to make the playoffs, but... It's not like they're going to have their pick in the buyout market. No, it, like the best you you probably hoping for is what a Marching Gortat. 
Like, maybe? Yeah, and I don't know, you know, Gortat, I thought Nikias had a funny tweet. He said, you know, if you need 14 to 16 minutes of a solid screen setter. Yeah, like Like, shout out to Nikias right now. (laughs) I thought that was funny, but that's, again, what kind of value is Gortat giving you? And I... It's going to be interesting to see because they are going to pursue somebody on the buyout market. So I'm surprised that Wesley, by the way, agreed so quickly with the Indiana Pacers instead of trying to ring chase with Golden State. Or go to Philly. Or go to Philly. You know, Philly could have used Wesley Matthews on the buyout market. That would have been nice. But they go after Jonathan Simmons. And it's not like Philly completely bolstered their depth after the Tobias trade. Exactly. We, We knew that they needed help. And Jonathan Simmons is fine, but... I thought maybe they would have gone after more. So they'll still be active on the buyout market, and we'll see exactly who they get. But if you're looking for this Hornets team to look different, it's not going to be via trade anymore. It's going to be anybody that they get in the buyout market and your every single day, your daily update, Dwayne Bacon going down to Greensboro Swarm and Charlotte Hornets update. That's how it's going to be looking. Yeah, Graham and yeah, Graham and Bacon went down today, and that that's how you kind of knew they weren't doing anything because – if they were, they'd have stayed with the roster. But instead, you're sending them back out there, as sending them back and getting them time. And like, I hope this experiment works, and you end up keeping Kemba Walker because if this season goes out goes down, you get waxed in a two seven matchup, which it looks like it might happen, or a one eight matchup, which looks like that might happen too. And then you lose Kemba Walker because he's tired of not getting help. Like, no matter what, you can't look at that season as a success. So I'm sure as they listen to the podcast, listeners will understand all these moves even before I make it. But just for your sake, Nada, Enos Cantor, he's going to get released by the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Markel Fultz again traded. That one's just coming up once again. But just some news as it's coming through here on our real time. Thought I'd mention it there. Nothing really interesting with Enos Cantor getting bought out but uh, or him getting released, I should say. But still. At least just, the Kaminskys are happy now. <laughs> yes. The, we, they can tweet their... their their freedom tweets and everything else like that. Free Frank. I didn't realize that there were more people saying that outside of the Kaminsky family. There what? are there were a couple of other handles out there that were saying free Frank. Were looking, they paid? They looked at some of his per 36 numbers, and his per 36 numbers were comparable to that of Miles Turner and some of the other guys that went in that draft. But of course, I mean, of course, you know, he's, he's not a Miles Turner, he's not a Devin Booker. And so, you know, you were putting 36 numbers out there, and some people bought it. Some people like, put it like out there really? to absolutely defend Frank Kaminsky. Like, are people really that dumb? I There are some defenders out there. So now Frank Kaminsky's off the roster. It's the only thing that's going to be different and or different about this. And I'm again, just some interesting things happen. Again, so we go all the way back to Sham Sharania tweet. It looked we got teased for a couple of days. You know, teased like, is, is hard. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I've had this happen to me on a couple of dates, but I never called him again. <laughs> ever. And never finished the deal. No. It never got done, and you left unsatisfied. And that's exactly how all Hornets fans are coming away. Unless, And I didn't see many people out there dead set against a trade unless it meant including Malik and Miles Bridges in that. But I feel like people still did want to see something, as is human nature, when the NBA trade deadline Exactly. You don't want to be the kid with the lump of coal on Christmas. Like, you don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. No one likes that person because they have dirty hands from coal. Harrison Barnes was so interesting again. And I know we've talked about this. It's just nobody saw that coming. And if can you imagine how least of all Harrison, apparently it's just right. Just the the play that Mitch Kupchak was in trying to get. And I feel like you 
I feel like you could have possibly gotten a Harrison and Marcus all with different cards played. Yeah. You know, if you really wanted to. Now, again, not surrendering a whole lot of first round picks, because, but it just didn't seem like you needed to with either of these deals. And other teams were able to make it get done. I I still have faith, like, not a as much as you dislike this move, as much or this non move, I should say. How much faith do you still have in Mitch Kupchak? I mean, what what is your overall evaluation from what he's done in his first half year, and also just your future outlook? Like, what's your faith in Mitch? Ask me again. No, I'm asking you now. See, I don't want that. I, I, I'm putting your feet to the fire. I want Nada's take on what Mitch has done so far and what your faith is in him going forward. I will say this. I understand to an extent why they didn't do what they did. I My faith is a little bit shaken because a lot of these deals, again, both of these, the Miritage deal, I think the Hornets could have matched. The Barnes deal, I think they could have matched. The Gasol deal, I absolutely believe they could have matched. Now, I knew they weren't going to have, they don't have all three. They weren't going to get all three. But I do not trust, and maybe it's just like conditioned behavior right now. I don't trust this team to get right. Like, I don't trust them. I can't trust them. We've talked about Mitch Kupchak again, being a good evaluator of talent. He does, from where he's drafted with the Lakers, mm-hmm. he he has had good draft selections. The, the one time we really got to see him go up in the draft was Andrew Bynum, mm-hmm. and that was 10th overall. How, how many guys did he pick of the two overall selections that are on the Lakers right now? Did he get just one? Did he get a couple of those? Because he, he Didn't he have the um, D'Angelo Russell one too, right? Uh, maybe he did instead of getting Jaleel Okafor. I need to pull that up. But again, this is a guy that has shown you that. And if D'Angelo Russell's it, then, you know, that's proving to be one of the better ones. That That is. But <laughs> at the same, like, I just, I keep going back to this. And I guess this is the thing that if the first round pick was that important to you, then you better goddamn hit this pick. Yeah. Like you don't have a choice. No. Like this has you have to nail this pick. This pick has to be a superstar or it has to go for a star. Because if not, then we don't have some problems. So now what you're looking at with a lot of these guys coming off of the books and not next season, but the year after that, I mean, you're looking at your core of that you want it to be mm-hmm. of Kimba Walker. Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, and I guess whoever this first round selection is going to be. I mean, he's going to be a part of the equation here. And so it's it's one that, you know, you're going to have to try to make some trades again. I imagine that he'll be calling once again all of his GM buddies trying to figure out what veterans he can bring in. But again, this is not going to be a team. Like, the reason I liked Marcus all so much was I thought it was the biggest name that had the biggest possibility of coming to Charlotte. And I think that proved true because we're yeah. sitting here empty-handed and that was the biggest negotiation that happened. A lot of people, I myself, would have loved a Bradley, Be- a Bradley Beal deal but that ended up not happening. I, you know? I didn't think Beal was ever really possible because, again, for all the – we don't have the stamps on the passport. For all the pieces we have, we don't have the stamps on the passport for a guy like that. I just don't – one, you can't trust Ernie Grunfeld. No. And they kept, they were so adamant about not trading Otto Porter, and then eventually they traded Otto Porter, and I feel like they could have gotten a better deal had they traded him earlier. 
but they didn't. And I and I like Bobby Portis fine too, Nada. But you could have gotten a better. Oh deal no, you absolutely could have if you have traded Otto Porter earlier. And they were adamant, like, no, we're not going to trade him. And so with once you do that, then I'm sorry, you lose benefit of the doubt. I'm still going to call you Ernie, and we're going to try to make a deal happen for Bradley Beal. And I'm not saying Mitch Kupchak could have done it. And if if he was on the market, and I'm sure other teams really inquired about him as well, they could have beat the Hornets in a Bradley Beal deal. Yeah. And so, you know, who knows, however possible that was. But again, it's it's just it's unfortunate. You know, I at the end of the day, it, it's not it's not May Day. It's not extreme panic time for the Charlotte Hornets. At the end of the day, yeah. you didn't trade Malik Monk. You didn't trade Miles Bridges. You didn't trade a first round pick. I would have done it, but you still have a first round pick in your possession right now. All of your first round picks, by the way, like that's that is something to value. That they is something, still fumbled the bag. That's still something the Hornets have, and yet I still would have liked to have seen Marcus All on this roster. I still would have liked to have seen them get rid of a couple of those contracts, Biombo and even an MKG. I understand some of the loss that he would have provided you, but again, I would have done that. And so now the Hornets they come up up the up empty-handed and we're going to see what they do on the buyout market yeah we shall see they still fumbled the bag <laughs> they fumbled the bag i think i know what this title of the show is mm-hmm. going to be we're coming to you from the getimer.com studios in uptown charlotte and we appreciate you joining us once again uh actually check out the charlotte podcast nada and i are going to go on that podcast and be able to talk about the charlotte hornets at the trade deadline gonna try to make you maybe we got a couple more hours to digest some of these thoughts a little bit more maybe we'll come up with some new stuff so again check it out it should be released later on tonight uh maybe tomorrow i don't know exactly next when they tuesday actually Okay, well, next Tuesday, there you go. You have a lot more information than I do, apparently. So join that as well. But we appreciate you joining us here. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked on Hornets. Again, we'll be back with you tomorrow. See you guys. <laughs>